Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of Shotgun Start. It is January 29th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan! Uh, I'm doing all right. I, I had a pretty shitty day. Yeah, what happened? I uh, I had some septic issues. So literally a pretty shitty day. I, you tempted, I mean, you made a bunch of septic jokes, septic tank jokes about... Sepstraka, and here you are. You're reaping what they came home to roost. You're dealing. You needed. You needed Straka down wherever you are to maybe. It sounds like help. So it's it literally had a shitty day. It sounds like tough, tough troubleshooting. You fled the mice. Now you're having other home uh, issues. Yeah, you know. Uh, I guess that's the takeaway today. Is that you know if you make septic tank jokes. You're- probably going to have a septic problem at some point in your life you know what goes around comes around (laughs) uh yeah you know it's just funny how life i've you know i just was i got in a groove i've been you know had really good week and uh and then all of a sudden this just pops up out of nowhere just derails an entire day (laughs) pops up yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but hey, here we are recording after a great day at Torrey Pines of beautiful weather, ball in hand. Harris <laughs> English couldn't take a control of it, couldn't take advantage of it. My one and done pick. Maybe everybody's maybe popping. Part me. of it was that he couldn't control it because he had too much control. <laughs> that's that's. He's like DFL seventy nine. I mean. Scott Stallings, for God's sakes, is T32, the fitness boy. I should have just gone with him. Uh, just complete mush. Everybody's popping me. Um, but yeah, anyways, it, it was, it was a, a good day of Farmers Insurance Open action. We should, uh, let's do a couple business items real quick up the top. Oh, wow. Wow. Take business two seconds. Right off the Nothing. top. You're not even going to romance the audience with some, uh, some stuff. You're getting straight to business here. Well, no, just a couple of things. We were told, and we should, we were reminded, that the merchandise is pretty well stocked as of this Friday now. We got hoodies back in. We got a bunch of hats, performance hats, the belt and wool or flannel hats, a uh, couple dratty like crew neck and pull up, pull uh, quarter zips and stuff like that. So just got a I, I lot mean, of hats, a lot of winter hats, and um, the hoodies are definitely back in. That's a big thing. What else? I'm, I'm supposed to. You know, I got a I got a text message from from our head of logistics. Okay. You know, she yeah. uh, she wanted me to know because she knew we were talking about the hoodies that there she hasn't put a, a new photo up of them, but apparently, allegedly, these are much darker gray. This is a dark okay. gray. You might go on there, you see a lighter gray. This is a dark uh. gray. So we might around. have a bait and switch situation going on here. We could. Or, you know. Well, I'm now letting everybody know they've got the disclaimers <laughs> been been given. 
We can rewind these tapes if anybody complains. Other business. West the Island Blend is now live at our BixbyCoffee.com under the featured partner Shotgun Start. It is a Kona, Costa Rica, Columbia. what else? Colombia blend. Colombia spelled right? Or did we get the original oh, U or no question. in there? Like, but um, it is a fantastic tasting cup. They asked us to go for the label description to be stupid and kind of semi-incoherent as our show notes often are. Just write it like that. Label description says almost nothing about the coffee. If anybody happens upon it in the wild and is not familiar with this podcast, they'll be completely befuddled. Completely, you know, I assume, pass on to the next whatever more intuitive choice is out there. But the Westy Island Blend is live, and thank you for the support. It sounds like a few people have gone out and purchased it already. It's just a great way to celebrate this sort of midi swing and coffee golf returning. Uh, you know, we got the big Saudi event next week. That'll be early morning golf. And Westy, of course, back back for to try and take another uh, order of merit crown. I'm excited to see who's going to take the bait next week. Who who was who scooped up the free Saudi uh, Saudi vacation trip? What is oh oh, <laughs> media members? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell people you might have been contacted about that? I was contacted by Golf Saudi about attending. How I didn't, about that? As with most emails, I didn't reply. <laughs> But I did chuckle. Uh, that's great. You should have. Uh, no, you should not have gone. Um, you go hand out hats with Patrick Reed. I guess that was like in the release. Patrick Reed is really looking forward to going back to the world kids economic King Abdullah school and he's flying from uh, from San Diego all the way over there, huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. Maybe he'll pick up a sponsor, a clothing sponsor over there. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I feel so like somebody West... should get like a, a big oil sponsorship or like why get a get a sponsorship from like a sheik or something. He, I think you might have one. Who knows? It's just informal. It's not it's public behind the scenes under the table. Um, anyways, Westy Island Blend is up. That is at BixbyCoffee.com. The artwork by Jason Page is fantastic. It's a great tasting brew. It's you know you can switch your subscription to that. It's a light roast. So if you guys like the light roast, it is a light roast. If you want to subs- switch your subscriber, you want to switch to that for say the next two weeks, the next month, couple months, whatever. You just do hi at BixbyCoffee.com, or you can purchase it one time as like a one off. Um, all right. I, it just transports you to a different place. I'll tell you that much. I've I've been drinking to the this island? stuff. Yes, yeah, transports you to, to an island. If you're in <laughs> a cold, real winter location, that's dealing with the doldrums of winter, you know this is the perfect way to escape for just a few minutes while you sip your morning Joe. Hey, on a serious note, though, it's just it's like a. It's the stupidest thing ever, and we're just having fun with the uh, with the community and the podcast and the inside jokes, many of which you have contributed. The artwork's contributed by a listener. Like on a serious note, like yeah, buy it. It helps support the podcast. But I don't know. Hopefully, you get it's good and you like it. And there's you know some ROI. It's not just an investment to be a pops you know observer things like that. But uh, you know, I think it's ridiculous that we have a coffee blend named after 
Le- uh, well, I don't know if I can even use his name. No, Westy don't Island. You, don't uh, use yeah. His name. There's a naked man with raising his putter <laughs> on the cover of it. The ball protruding out of the the putter. How are we uh, gonna maybe, get? Uh, maybe how are we gonna get some of this coffee to Westy? I think we might need to. Maybe the WGC. You might maybe I'll come over for the WGC, the former WGC Mexico. Maybe I could get one yeah. in his hands over there. Down at a concession club. Yeah. Yeah, we get him something. Maybe I could they, drive they... over there. Hey, what are they going to call that? The WGC Mexico concession? Maybe. Who knows? WGC Bradenton? I, I mean, what's going to happen there? Maybe uh, we'll just give right. Grupo Salinos the whole title. Maybe WGC Grupo Salinos. All right. We've talked about him already, handing out hats to the kids. Patrick Reed is our first-round leader at Torrey Pines. He shot a 64. Oh, hold on. Hold on. What? What? I need to issue an addendum. Okay. The event of the week is not, is not the Farmer's Insurance, the Ricky Insurance Open. Yeah. The Duke of Debt. I guess, you know, this is this is a little bit of a step outside his box now. With the insurance, what? I guess oh. if you if you're gonna carry a lot of debt, you might as well get an insurance policy. So sure, then, sure. You know, anything bad happens, you you can get out of debt. But uh, yep. the event of the week is the Player Series down in Australia. It's a very unique okay. event. It's a brand okay. new series. Uh, I believe Jeff Ogilvy has part in it. But yeah, is, I saw that on OWGR.com. Yeah. It, was, it was like hosted by Joe, Jeff Ogilvy or something. So it is a a event that has both men and women professional golfers playing the same tournament for the same pr- prize fund. The women play one tee up for the men. So this is just like basically uh, uh, because of the popularity, the success of Vic Open, this is like the next step. So it's a, ah. a tournament that men and women are playing against each other. They play one tee different, and uh, so pretty cool. So Jeff Ogilvy, Sue O are in it. Those are the headliners. Um, okay. So cool little cool. event. Event of the week. Event of the week. All right. Hey, while we're on the subject of the Duke of Debt as well, we got several people that messaged us, tweeted us that, this GameStop, this sort of this retail trader thing is reminding them nostalgia of the great fan vote Friday uprising when the PGA Tour was definitely took a short position on Martin Keimer, Henrik Stenson, and uh, Adam, who was Scott. It? Adam Scott. And the the golf Twitter, co- it was a coalition. It was not just us. It was absolutely, you know, no laid up Kyle Porter, a lot of people. United. Swept United. The, the Redditors and came in and... and democratized really fan vote friday the the players the tours baby the ultimate the gold standard whatever it is uh people are getting giving saying their nostalgia this week watch i mean i gotta be honest i was looking to see if like orlamar was publicly traded see if we get something going on the golf side of things and um but but a friend of the program a uh senior writer of espn maybe the first name kevin Maybe Van Valkenburg, last name. Maybe. Set us some, some good comps. I had to share this. He goes, Ricky is absolute because Ricky and Spieth were just all, you know, PGA Tour Live. They were all over it today. As this whole um, you know, stock market tumult and war continue was raging again this afternoon. Um 
Because Ricky is absolutely the stock that is too big to fail. Imagine how many insurance companies would get hurt if Rick was too shitty to move their product. Watch when he gets an exemption. Watch when he gets an exemption to the U.S. Open or a steer tour to qualify at Karsten Creek, where it's him and 200 college sophomores. The too big to fail stock. That may be Ricky. He's still on PGA Tour Live. And I go, well, what is speed then? You know, it's just some like a, a has-been guy who keeps getting bailed out. Like what? He goes, well. And he makes the distinction. Spieth has done things. He's been there. He's contributed to the, the, the larger, you know, progress of civilization. He goes, Spieth is like GM. There are serious, <laughs> there are serious problems. But also he has built up some institutional capital that is allowing him to weather a down period. Yes, he needs a bailout, but he also actually did stuff for the golf economy, unlike Rick. Who is like a tech company with a fake valuation that never actually produced goods? And I think that's a very important distinction, given uh, our current, uh, you know, economic news of the day, and really the uh, news of the entire news of the country at the moment. So, I've just enjoyed watching that and thinking about it in golf terms, as everybody tries to make their own you know, connections to it. I was going to say, Rick, I, I, nobody responded to this on this text message. Ricky, Ricky might be the hedge funds. That could be. They, he plays under a completely different game than everybody else. That's true. doesn't matter that what is... he does on the golf course. He just it makes doesn't. money, makes money either way. doesn't matter which way the stocks go. He's making money. It was unbelievable to see him both all over PJ Tour Live today. I mean, not unbelievable, ex- expected, but we have no, there's no, the Robin Hood removed those stocks from their, you know, so to speak, from listing. We have no fan vote Friday. We have no method of, of changing it anymore. Yeah. So we can't remove um, anybody from. I, I did think like it was 2012 all over again. Richard Sterney on top of the European Tour leaderboard and retail stocks just kicking ass again GameStop it's like it does feel like whatever Kurt Kitayama Richard Sterney <laughs> Adrian Otegwe is in there in the mix too Wade Ormsby that's another Ot- good guy <laughs> Otegwe the five vowel man the, also El Parata, right? Isn't he El Parata? <laughs> yes, El Parata. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the Tory How Pines. How about this Patch- guy? Jeff, Jeff Winther. Not Winter. Winther. It's like Winter, but T-H-E-R instead of T-E-R. Winther. I got to be honest. I have no idea who that I, is. I, I, I have no I've clue either. Westy's in the mix. He's under. He's in the red. This will all change. But at the Farmers, Patrick Reed leads. He's eight under. He shot a 64 on the north course. Alex Noren shot a 64 as well on the north course. Um, I got a question for you. What's the question? Is Patrick Reed the best poofer in the world? I don't know if he's a poofer. So that's the next. How do we? That's the next question. It's What's always, a poofer? You know, moving the golf, uh, moving the goalposts. What exactly is a poofer? I mean, right now, and small sample size, probably. Of course, he's two hundred seventh on tour in driving. He's averaging two eighty seven point oh. Like my point is, he might be. Like, I here's your top ten. 
right? And he's 11. You got DJ, Rom, JT, Morikawa, Hatton. He's not a poofer. Shoffley. No, he's at 300. He, he pops Is, it. is uh, Webb a poofer? Yeah, he might be. Yeah, he might be. Webb's 152nd. Reed's right there with him, though. I mean, you know, it's similar. I, I don't we know that up, Webb's better we than Patrick. Should come up with Reed. a top 10 poofer list? Yeah, but I think we also need to set some pretty rigid standards for what is a poofer. Do you have to be outside the top 90 in I driving think you got to be way past that. So, you know, say say there's two there's 225 players, we'll say. Yeah. Really realistically. Yep. I mean, they they've got they got 257 listed on this, but two, we'll say 225. You got to be 50 play a week, but yeah. Okay. So, if got we it. take like the middle it, you got to be in the bottom third, right? Okay. All right. All right, that'll be the that we'll come up with a more formal definition for it. I, I just, I, I'm watching him today, and he's, you know, North Where, Course is, is Brian Gay, Do you think Brian Gay is the greatest poofer of all time? All time. <laughs> Probably Faldo, right? Faldo? If you, yeah, Faldo. I, I guess, yeah, he'd be, he'd probably be it. Then I started wondering, well, is David Ledbetter the poofer whisperer? Yeah. Because he had Faldo, and now he's got Reed, he's working. I mean, I just, I really just wanted to say poofer whisperer. I, I know he's. Teach taught a lot of different styles, but Tiger um, Tiger might be a poofer now. Yeah, what were they saying? His ball speed was the lowest. It's or club speed is he told Nota was the lowest in thirty years or something by the end of the last year. Um, did no one notice that? Why weren't people? T- I guess people just didn't notice that. On yeah, the, Brandel did bring it up a lot. Okay, all right. So here's my sec- second point. We talk about this often more with style, but the great like sort of lament with Patrick Reed is like he could be this grand populist hero because he, he he's so against the grain right now. If he did, if he hadn't been such a dick, altered college and had controversy follow him at every and turn, cheated. and then cheated and most recently, and had some semi-normal people around him, like. He could be this great. I'm not talking like Sevy. Come on, I'm not getting into that. But like, he could be sort of this populist folk hero because he doesn't hit it as far. He's not that good an iron player. Like, he's he's not horrible. He's not bad, but he scrambles well, his ass he's off. So fun to watch, but he he's, right. You just hate him. He just sucks. There's nothing in his like sort of profile, a Tita Green, that jumps off the page that he should be like. Uh, competitive 11th in the world necessarily but he scrambles his ass off and if he had any kind of charm any kind of personality any kind of i I don't know history that wasn't almost exclusively controversial or uh off-putting he'd be this like grand populist hero by by dint of by, by his game and unfortunately there is all that other stuff so whatever he's he's leads at farmers insurance open where I, when are we getting shot link on the north course? <laughs> what an interjection. That's a great. I mean, yeah. But you've the, hosted uh, there every year. Every year. It's not like they had to make a change, you know, last week. It, every it's like, year. It's it's not like it's a it's not like it's international. I just I don't I I'm losing any sort of sympathy <laughs> for this. 
Um, so <laughs> that's a, I mean, it's a great point. You know, we're building this sixty-seven headquarters million dollar clubhouse, or which we are getting. We are getting to the global home of PGA Tour here in a minute. We may we are going to get into it in detail, but they can't do they can't do shot link on the north course. Which then brings me to this two venue dilemma that all of a sudden is a dilemma that I've never heard before. Besides all the all the multi venue events that have been on the PGA Tour for years, this preemptive ball in hand because it might fucking rain the next day. This isn't, and everybody's just taking it. I just read an article yesterday. Today. It's like they did the fair thing. It's right. This is why. No, this, it's we, not we, right. Where? Why is this a thing now? We did it in Sony. This is twice in three weeks. This preemptive ball hand. It didn't even like really rain that Sunday afternoon. Why does and it matter? Wait, why does it matter tomorrow if it's ball in hand tomorrow and not today? What right? What world does it right. matter? That's. That's what I don't get, because because the South Course is harder than the North Course, and you get to play it in good conditions. What what is this? Is R and A going to start doing ball in hand for the morning wave and then the or the afternoon wave? Like ball what in hand at all ma- times for the for the what, Open like, Championship at the at, at the pro am Pebble Pro am. If there's like a chance of rain on Saturday, are they going to do ball in hand Thursday and Friday on all three courses? What is this? New standard. This is the slipperiest slope. Now our amateur is going to go out like it's, oh, it's raining nobody, tomorrow. I'm playing ball in hand today. Ball in hand. <laughs> That's my thing. Nobody, nobody does this. And look, they're getting a ton of rain. It's going to be. They're going to have to play it tomorrow. I mean, I think whether even the the strictest adherence to playing it down, I think would probably um, you know acquiesce to ball in hand tomorrow based on the rain they're getting. This is such a slippery slope of joke because considering now it's second time in three weeks. And I, I mean, are, are we going to start doing this for the, the Bob Hope and the Pebble and the Pebble Pro-Am? I, 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 it makes no se- RSM, right? They do the two venue thing. There. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So what? So what? You got, you got the harder draw that there's two courses. Now you just play the ball up and it's 75 and sunny? This is the biggest disgrace. This is this is inexcusable. And everybody's just writing that it was seemed normal and fine and this was a smart preemptive move. Why where is the where why can't we be critical about this? Anyways. I'm tomorrow just, can I be- can't even come up with a comparison to another sport. Because this is so ridiculous. It's like if you were playing a back-to-back in the NBA and they gave you like a, you know, a ten-point lead because you're playing back-to-back or something. This is sports. Yeah, it's like it's like week seventeen in the NFL, and the Steelers and Ravens are playing, and the Browns and Bengals are playing, and two of them have a playoff, and it's going to be a shitty day in Cleveland. So what do they turn on the snow machines and wind machines in Pittsburgh or where? You know, like what? This is just. There's no comparison. It doesn't. It's the whole two venue thing is the flimsiest of justifications ever. Well, you know what? Who said it earlier this year? Oh, Adam Scott. This is just an entertainment week. They've made it (laughs) very clear that this is not a golf tournament. It's an entertainment week with this decision. It's just it's it's just ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. That you're playing ball in hand on a sunny 
Southern California Day. Because While it's going to rain tomorrow. Entertainment product. I, I, I think a, a game you could play Friday is uh, watch PGA Tour Live and see how much they reference that the U.S. Open will be played there at that same venue later that year. Because I, I think it's just not supposed to be existing. Uh, it's not, not a topic of discussion. It's supposed to be. Um, anyways, Friday could be fun to watch. Hey, it's going to rain. You know, they are framing this. I read another Golf Week article. Ryan Palmer. <laughs> tomorrow's gonna be a tomorrow's a day of survival. Like for God's sakes, it's not like 2002 at Muirfield where Tiger's getting blown out to sea. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty steady. 15 gust into 20, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's legit wind, and it's gonna be soggy as hell. There's gonna be a lot of rain. Watch out for but, Brant Snedeker. So it could be a fun watch. I think it's being a little overhyped. Like these guys, they're talking about, you know, a tornado coming through. But uh, it, it, it'll be fun to watch them play in, in some, some more challenging conditions. Uh, do you have any other reactions to the leaderboard? We got Pepe Peter doing his Thursday thing. Someone said like every Thursday he just shows up. Now he's reacclimated from the Hawaii swing, and he's he's going. There he is again, sixty six. Got to show uh, up. Got to show up on Thursday to be there on Sunday, Brendan. <laughs> on the South Course, where apparently, like you know, it's impossible to break par. You know, it's break par even with your ball in hand on eighty degree day. He shot a sixty six. Rory shot a sixty six. It's it, I don't know. Um, any other reactions to the leaderboard? Pretty stout Cameron zone. Cameron Smith. Cameron Davis, everybody's, you know, it's it's a good Cameron zone this week. Hey. Uh, Ricky and Spieth were terrible. I mean, Ricky was okay. Spieth was, Spieth was tough. It was an uphill battle. I, I don't know. Again, it's the same old deal. He's got to work it out with every shot being shown. He's 90th in the world. Nobody else has to go through this microscope. I, it doesn't seem very close. Oh, he's T32. I, I yeah. watched the front nine. I mean... All right, he made a charge. That's right. But, I mean, he was missing. Wide, wide, right, every fairway. Uh, this is—it's always a weird tournament with the with the two courses and how big of a discrepancy there is between the four two. shot lead, a yeah. four shot difference. I think today, right? Yeah, and so like you you look at the leaderboard after one round, and it's even more pointless to look at than a normal leaderboard. But then you <laughs> you start to look at some of the guys. Like if you just look at the South Course and you look at you know obviously Peppy Peter and and Rory. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Palmer, but then you get down to even like Finau at four under, like there weren't a lot of scores, very good scores out there. So it's, uh, those are the guys that you'll probably hope one of those guys will make a move, you know, in the next, uh, in the next day. And the, the leaderboard could just get turned on its head so much over the two days. So need, it's just need Harris a, English to take advantage of that. Did he, did he shoot 79 on the on the south course, at least? Oh, good question. God. Geez. Yeah, he did on the south okay. course. Okay, all right. Uh, God, you know, the south course see- just murdered people. All the the, the worst, uh, like, 16 scores are all on the south course. Sure. I mean, that's where you get that four-shot average that really is starting to grow. Uh, um, Strafacci, 77. No. Eh, that stinks. You know, it's good to see Bo Hostler in the mix. Honestly, I, uh, you know, I, top five. That guy really kind of was on a milk carton, to use your term. Um, uh, that could all change dramatically tomorrow, like you said. But 
good to see him top five. We got Roger Sloan in the top 25. Must have his family out there with him, walking. Uh, wife inside the robes. Comfortable. Any other reactions? Nothing else. I'm done Done talking about this for now. I agree. Tory Pines. It's enjoyable. I think it'll be good. I think we got more important things to talk about, like the uh, the PGA Tour headquarters. All right, on the European Tour, Richard Sterney leads. Yeah. It'll all change. Eight under. Uh, egregious, horrible, horrible backboarding. Oh, by Vic- awful Victor back Perez. Um, just three clubs lawn, two clubs lawn. I don't know if he had a caddy over clubbing him. But it was a two-way miss or a double cross. I think they said it was a double cross. And they've just got this wall there. They've got a it's it's a par five, right? So you go I, for let it. Me, two, let me let me water read a short. message I got from a friend of the program. The backboarding okay. on the eighteenth in Dubai is the most egregious thing I've ever seen. You might want to devote some time to it on tonight's pod. My eleven year old son was shocked these guys are allowed to do it. It's fairly clear that they're trying to pound it hard off the backboard. You have to clear the water so it's the only logical play. Fitzpatrick tried, but sailed over the backboard as a hospitality tent with Fat Fritz cocktailing. That's unbelievable. It's right off the back on a par five with water short. And they, I mean... Perez just slammed it in there. It bounces off, runs to the pin high up front of the green. Um, you know, they got one at Torrey, too. No fans there. Rom sailed one. You know, a similar par five, water short. A little harder to get back there. 18? But, yeah. At Torrey South. Uh, but, yeah, Rom was taking relief from the, the board. And, I mean, it, it's kind of gnarly back there either way. But, um, yeah, there's, I, I don't understand why there needs to be a wall behind the green on 18 there aren't there aren't grandstands so uh but yeah the one in dubai uh dubai is really really bad so we can keep an eye on that all weekend hopefully do you think a true sportsman like westy wouldn't think that way he would just play it as a three-shotter if he might rather than use i don't i having seen westy in action over numerous years always doing the right thing whether it be taken you know, taking the penalty at the while in the hunt at the Open Championship a few years ago, or you know, there's countless things. I don't think he would do it. All right, I I, I figured you might say that. All right, those are your two events current currently going on. Let's get to uh, some news. And by news, oh, I mean do you want to do week. flashback flashback Friday? Whatever you prefer. I'll do, let's Where do you... Flashback Friday. Okay, let's go. You said you had a, a fun one. What, what do you uh, got for it's Flashback It's kind of fun. It's, it's fine. We're going to it's 2000 fun. Buick Open. Do you know what happened? Don't give him the hard sell. Uh, 2000? I don't know. I'm just going to guess Tiger won because he won eight Almost. times. Almost. Okay. Fresh off a miraculous come-from-behind victory at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Tiger Woods headed south to Torrey Pines, where he'd won the year earlier and was looking for his seventh consecutive win, dating back to the 1999 NEC Championship, where Phil Mickelson gift-wrapped Woods a victory with bogeys on two of his last three holes. Firestone. Yep. Can I say that Torrey has like a bit of a Firestone feel to it, and that I, as someone who watches golf at all these places every year, I kind of don't know what holes what. 
and and yes, I watch it every very year. Repetitive. I could say it at Pebble. I mean, of course, the ocean's there, and it's not no ocean in Akron that I know of. But like, I could tell you the Pebble stretch. I could tell you Scottsdale stretch. I could even probably tell you the PGA West Stadium. Like, I, I there's like that. Like Tori, aside from eighteen, I kind of never know what hole they're on. Yeah, three. And, you got the par right. three down. Yeah, four. Yeah, you go yeah. up the coast. But yeah, I'm talking last nine I've, or yeah. Go ahead. I kind of have a little bit of a photographic memory when it comes to golf courses. I like don't forget anything. And Tori, I have a really hard time with, which is a sign that it's a probably a pretty bad golf course. Okay, sorry to interrupt. The NEC just triggered that thought in my head while I was watching. Go ahead. He followed the NEC with wins at the NCR Golf Classic, the Tour Championships, the WGC Amex, the Tournament of Champions, where he had a epic duel with Big Earn, and uh, and then of course he broke Matt Gogol's heart at Pebble, where he was seven down with seven to play. Okay, an air of inevitability was floating around the tour at this point and uh looking for his seventh consecutive win tiger was back at a familiar place tory pines where he was the defending champion this week tiger found himself in a familiar position 50 after 54 holes in a big hole six shots back heading into sunday this time instead of gogol phil mickelson stood in his way looking for his first win in two years and to prove and to prove to the world that he was able to stand toe-to-toe with Tiger like only a certain sweet-swinging South African had done. Lefty was in a groove. Everything was was rolling. By the end of 2000, that might be a different toe-to-toe. Might not be the description for that. But okay, go ahead. Lefty was in a groove. Everything was rolling. Tiger, the opposite, battling his swing and struggling to find fairways all week. Predictably, Tiger put up together a charge on Sunday, and Mickelson obliged with two double bogeys on the 7th and 12th um, to sit on the 13th tee just one shot ahead of Woods. He drove it into the woods, where he would watch Tiger make another birdie and his lead finally dissolve. In those woods with bleak surrounds, Mickelson summoned something magical, something we would rarely see again. A fortitude to fight back against Tiger. He punched out uh, a shot he mastered with great practice from his wayward drives and was able to hit it close and make birdie on the par five. He made two more in his final five holes to win by four over Woods and Shigeki Mariyama. Blast from the past there. It was a crowning achievement for Mickelson. He ended his slump and ended the streak. But still, the story was Tiger and how he almost won despite playing awfully. On Sunday at Torrey, he shot 68 despite only hitting six fairways and 10 greens. By contrast, Tiger shot two better than Phil, who hit 11 fairways and 13 greens. Oh, my God. Tiger talked about it after the round. It progressively got worse from there. He banked it. So on the first hole, he hit a, a, a fan's lawn chair and it kicked back into the fairway. So he said it got progressively worse from there. It was every shot, not just my driver. You saw how poorly I played. 
You can't hit it good every day. I just wasn't hitting it good enough to give myself a viable chance. Through 13 holes, I hit six greens and was five under par. And that's not bad. (laughs) So this week paved the way for one of Phil's best seasons ever, notching four wins, but it was a mere blip on the radar as Woods won 10 times. Capping a two-year run where he won 19 times. And had a run in there of 18 wins and 32 starts. Jeez. Um, Michael Wilbon. Pancake zone. Almost four (laughs) times over. All right. Michael Wilbon wrote an article for the Washington Post, and uh, he kind of put it best. The test of greatness isn't what results from being in the zone, but what a champ can muster when when he's struggling or sick or injured or just in a plain old slump in golf. The great, uh, the test of greatness is when you know, on the practice range, you really don't have it, it in you that day. When you fire the first tee shot off a lawn chair and your caddy is laughing at you when you're desperately trying to fix your swing on the fly and nothing is working delay flip, swing it out. There is the way tiger described one attempt or, uh, to get a toe hook into the fairway. The test of greatness is when nothing is working, but you can stay on top of the leaderboard while you try and buy some time, work things out, get up and down and scramble. So just, I think that is something that goes overlooked just in general is just the guys that are always on the leaderboard are pretty great because they, you know, and I mean, week in week out, it's hard to do. Phil and tiger might be like the perfect contrast. Cause when Phil doesn't have it, he's yeah. Milk carton in, you know? Would would Phil have birdied in or whatever Tiger did after he made a 10 on 12 at the Masters in November? What, what did he make? In the, I don't know if he birdied in. He birdied like whatever, four, five, five of his last six. But yeah, not too many. I mean, you know, Tiger wasn't on the top of the leaderboard, but that I think even makes yeah. it more impressive that he didn't give up. But yeah, yeah so that's Flashback so. Friday. All right. I love it. Phil. Hey, while we're on the subject of missing a lot of fairways and greens and stuff, did you see the opposite end of that, Rory, today on the south course? Smartin wow. had like a ridiculous stat. He hit 17 of 18 greens, right? And, yeah. And the he, one he missed he up, was a chip or something, a flub chip. Picked up like three shots off the tee, too. First round, Rory. I Well, I mean, that's the thing with Rory. Like, you can't draw any grand conclusions. It's an impressive round of golf. If you said... Last week after his first round in Abu Dhabi, he looks great. Then second round, eh, Saturday, he's amazing. Sunday, it's like, well, I mean, they're just, just different standards for Rory, and that's what you get for for being a Hall of Famer. So, But a, an amazing day today. So, um, All right. Where should we go next? Good flashback Friday. I like that. Little, little Phil finally getting a, getting a W up there in the yeah. era. Really, Tiger's most dominant, probably. So. He he hung another win on him at uh, at the Tour Championship that year. That's right. That's right. All right, news. Well, uh, Gary Smith's or Smith, Smitter is how I know him. He actually sits next to me in the Masters, uh, or did at one point, the Masters Media Center. Gary Smith's, the Florida Times Union, got a tour uh, of the PGA Tour headquarters. It was told wow. to me this was probably meant to be a local story for the Jacksonville audience, and it's picked up by Golf Week. And well, 
We're like a little, little red meat for the old Shotgun Start podcast. It's a national story now. And I, I, I need to, I think I might just read this line by line. Yes, Check it out. Do P- it. PGA Tour's global home <laughs> opening in February on time, on budget. I'm getting sources that maybe, yeah, maybe it's on budget. It's quite the a big first... budget. <laughs> it's, you know, to a certain extent, I go into it. I, I might bring bring this up a little, a little later. I mean, let's start from the first thing. The timing of this is the worst possible. You know, global pandemic, recession. Like, economy's good for some, bad for much more. Like, office the tour, spaces, laid, the no, tour has laid off people during this time. Office space is not really a, a that necessity of any kind. It's actually almost a liability. And we're getting this article on the big rollout of the new global home of the PGA Tour. Here we go. Gary Smith, Florida Times. Too bad they didn't go on CNBC today while, you know, while mayhem was occurring. It would have have been the only thing that would have been more fitting. Would have been for Jay to be up on CNBC with with shutdowns. The new global home. Yeah. With Robin Hood not allowing trading, with GameStop, GameStop surging, AMC, you know, Tootsie Roll. In that same vein, I'm just not sure I want to publicize this right now. In the same way, I wouldn't want to talk about my rights deal the Monday when the shit hits the fan with the pandemic and market. All right. Uh, here we go. The first thing most visitors of the PGA Tour's global home notice is there isn't much difference between being inside or outside the 187,000 square foot building off County 210 Road in Ponte Vedra Bleach. All right, 187,000 square feet. I I was reading, I was deep in the woods. That sent me up a, down a rabbit hole. I guess that's the average size of a Walmart Supercenter, right on the nose. So I don't know if they went and said, build us the average Walmart Supercenter. <laughs> it's right, it's literally in all these Walmart publications, 187,000 square foot. Not the regular Walmart, the Super Center. I don't know. I'm Do you not think super... they sat around in a big meeting? We we got pictures of of, the, of the you know of the thing, and they have quite a few conference tables with many chairs, dozens of chairs around them. <laughs> but I'm thinking they just sat there and they said, "How big do we want this?" And somebody said, "Walmart, Google Walmart, Walmart Super Center, Walmart size." office and they just built it to spec they got 187,000 square foot a lot of other articles architectural digest talking about how much irresponsible ridiculous use of indoor area this would be 100 you know a lot a lot of criticism of that um wait right, architectural continue. digest wrote an article about this or just well about like walmart taking up that much space and it just being needless and you know really irresponsible and things like what that. Do you, what would they uh, what do you think they would say about building a hundred eighty seven thousand square foot office building amidst a global pandemic that is um you know kind of re re-engineering how work and workplaces exist what do you yeah, think they and would say the- about that isn't the open office thing already out the window? Like, oh, the, yeah, the office trends proven. are changing like every eight years. I, I don't know. It's I just... I worked at startups, so I worked in an open office yeah, setting for I like too. way Boxes. before yeah. most people were, and it sucks. 
and everybody realized that it's it terrible. sucks. And they're going back to closed offices. Yeah, your eyes start darting around the room when you're trying to think. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, all the startups all right. are out of the office, open office spaces. All the businesses are out of offices. All right. Thanks to five large skylights, five, a, quote, collaborative atrium. As opposed to just the regular atrium, it's a collaborative atrium connecting the two wings and floor-to-ceiling windows. Natural light is one of the main features of the building designed by Foster and Partners and built by Clark Construction, M-Dash, which also built the TPC Sawgrass Clubhouse in 2007. Oh, we'll run it back with that just grotesque, gargantuan, completely unnecessary, gaudy, and tasteless just monstrosity. They did that. Let's run it back. Quote, it's 100% intentional, said tour spokesperson. I would hope that 187,000 square feet is intentional. I think they're talking about to make it feel like you're outside as well as inside. It's 100% intentional. Prior to designing it, Foster interviewed a number of employees and asked them what they desired in a new building. The top two answers were natural light and meeting space. You feel energized when you walk into this building. You feel energized when you walk out. Maybe a comment on what's going on now. There's just not enough natural light. The walk-in is impressive enough. The building has water on three sides with two footpaths leading to the front door. Water on three sides? Did it have to be an island? It's Did a, you have to a make peninsula. a man-made lake? It sounds like what? it's a peninsula if it's Whatever. on three Pen- sides. Wait, wait, Pon- just, the Pontevedra Peninsula. The Great Pontevedra Peninsula. The 187,000 square feet wasn't enough. we got to dig a man-made lake around it. I mean, well, flower I, bars just floating around yeah. out there. I don't know. Do you think that they might stock it with gators so we could get they could get animal Gator. content right from HQ? That's right. So if the if the course doesn't deliver that week, they have like stock gator footage. That's a good point, Andy. Maybe it has a utility, more utility than I thought. So so there's water on three sides, two footpaths leading to the front doors. New sentence. Do you think it's more like than, a, a moat bridge? Do you think it's a drawbridge? And they, if they aren't in on time, they can draw the bridge up. <laughs> <laughs> VJ's coming through. They draw the bridge up. Don't want him involved. Well, you know, the tour employees might be fighting back to, uh, on their cafeteria rights, you know? That's true. Don't want those players coming in there. All these lower tour players just kind of hanging out and loitering up the free, whatever, deeply discounted food. All right. More than 800 trees were planted around the property. They're doing it's their good part. To, good to plant trees. That's good. The project's estimated cost of $65 million was brought in on budget. So that's like, what, four or five driveways to the sawgrass? Uh, 16, uh, 65, think about oh, 65 million. How many years of court ferry tour purses are that? <laughs> that's a good point. It's like, it's like six point. years, I think. I don't even know. I'm thinking like 700,000, 20 events, so that, you know, 500,000 a year. We're terrible at math. Um, or five. 500,000. Oh my God. 65 million was brought in on budget and on time despite the pandemic. Tours and orientation are being conducted for 70, 750 employees with some moving in the building. February. Is that is that pre layoff numbers or post? I don't know. I think it's current. 
Latour initially is playing on 25% occupancy and will continue to give employees the option of working at home until the pandemic subsides. Good stuff. PGA Tour's executive leadership team is already in. The Global Home. This is capitalized, too. It's The Global Home. That's, of course. That's what it's known All as. caps? Or? No, no. It's, it's, it can't just be, you know, that's a proper noun. The Global Home opening will enable Tour to move out of nine satellite offices at Sawgrass Village Shopping Center. Which sounds dire and crummy. That does sound like they are in need of some sort of upgrade. And new, they're in some strip mall. They got nine satellite offices and Sawgrass Village Shopping Center, which were leased after the tour staff launched since soccer the two headquarters buildings near Sawgrass. I think we should move in there into one of those old offices. The strip mall. Yeah. When former Commissioner Dean Beeman moved to Pontevedra in '76, he had a dozen employees and worked out of rented home at Sawgrass Country Club. It's growing. That's great. By 1980, the staff grew to 100. Counting the staff with that will continue to work at PGA Tour Entertainment at the World Golf Village. So they got other stuff. World Golf Village. That number swelled to eightfold, and the new global home can accommodate around 300 more. So I think 400 total. When you think about our growth over the last 40 years, it's amazing. We're looking forward to the next 40 years. All right, here we go. Bulleted list. Among the features of the new building, nearly 100 meeting spaces. Ranging from small rooms with a table and several chairs to the conference room off Monahan's office that can seat around two dozen participants. 100 fucking meeting spaces. Well, you know, when you're a gluttonous organization, you know what gluttonous organizations do better than any other organization? Meetings. Meetings, by the way, are unproductive at this point. I understand there's a collaborative energy and sometimes they are, there's brainstorming sessions, but like meetings should usually be emails or calls. And if not calls, then just texts. Like I just, I, I talked to some people about this article. Someone said her, he said, actually, I think when I started, someone said meetings are our culture. It's a big part of like, it, it's our culture. We do. That's that, uh, that is our culture meetings. I gotta say, meetings can be good, but that's usually where everybody comes in and takes a piece of a good idea, right? Or tells yeah. you why something good can't happen. Oh, that's a great idea, but you know what you gotta do? You gotta include FedEx, you gotta include CDW. Oh, but you should go ask Billy Horschel, talk to him for it. He gives a great quote. This is where the ideas get watered down in these meetings. You got too many people trying to tell you why you can't do it or why they gotta get their, you know, Sugar involved, you know. They're, it's, they're it's, it's the so- meetings the are the source of one of my favorite Ogilvy quotes when he talked about the pack and the MDF rule. If you put if you put twelve of us in a room long enough, we'll make the worst decision. <laughs> it's a great point. <laughs> meetings, I think, are generally unproductive uh, unless you have very specific, targeted, or even open. What do you think about our, our meetings? Are pretty productive. We had a merchandise meeting this morning. Not really, just a text chain going, and it just. I, have, I haven't into, checked in on it yet. There's talk about a shirt with the piss bear and a pace car, all sorts of things, and that I don't know if that was productive. But uh, so 95 meeting spaces. All right, a fitness center with aerobic machines, weights, rooms for yoga, Pilates, and Zumba classes, and full locker rooms and showers. That That's really nice. nice. I would hope to have that with 187,000 square feet. A dining area that includes a salad bar. I mean, it seems like you better have a salad bar. There's not, nothing to write home about. A sandwich bar and a pizza oven. Food purchases a will be made from oven. area. Of... Does that mean I get to bring my like frozen pizza and put it in the oven? 
No, I bet it's one of those big stone things where you, you what, throw it in there. There's got the fire going, you know. The Caddyshack um, I used to used to when I grew up caddying yep. at had one of those ones like you pull it out, you know, you you pull it out and you put it in. And it's like you know, it's not very tall, but <coughs> yeah, you know. And then you pull it out, you put it in, you know, you yep. set the timer. Maybe it's one of those. I bet it's a giant ass like stone oven. Thing, you think it's like a wood burning? And, Do you think yeah, doing... expensive and yeah. Um, food purchases will be made from vendors' produce. Uh, you know, even it's gonna farms. be a farmers market Great. every day. In and, there, <laughs> I don't know. There are plans to start a vegetable and spice garden. I kind of like that. Go out there and tend to your spices. Like um, a coffee bar where the staff will bake their own pastries and bread. The staff will? I don't get that sentence. Like. Like a barista, or like you know, or Smartin going to be baking his own, <laughs> own banana bread? Yeah, I don't know. John Swantak comes in and makes a, a scone. I don't know how that. I'm trying Rob, to think of another employee. Rob, Bol- Rob Bolton's needing needing some bread. Talking about the great Texas Open players of history. Ben Everell and his Vegemite toast makes some sort of, I don't know, pastry for his Vegemite. I don't know. All right. An indoor golf simulator where employees can take a few minutes from their day to hit a few balls. I'm sure that's going to be a place where they monitor any underachievers. You spend a lot of time in the simulator. A genius bar for technical sport seems great. Well, there are is numerous. The ge- is the is it a genius bar? Or are they like? Are they just ripping off Apple's terminology? Yeah. <laughs> I would. It looks like the latter. It does not look like an Apple branded. So, They're just calling it a genius bar. You can't come up with your own name. You have you have you you have meetings all day every day, and you can't come up with a your own name for it. Like how disgraceful is that? I don't know why that makes me laugh. You're right. I mean, it could just be the You could just say a technology center like any normal company would. (laughs) IT support. Yeah. Like, there's lots of names for this. You don't have to take (laughs) Apple's proprietary name and and co-opt it as your own. All right. Last one. There are numerous examples of art on display by First Coast artists including colorful murals to brighten up otherwise institutional interior stairwells. Good. Good. Uh, and yes, I love how this had to be clarified in the article. And yes, work will get done. <laughs> we'll see. The tour has its three domestic professional circuits, three international tours, more than 100 events to conduct, almost all that's back to normal after hiatus of nearly three months. Spring did it. All right. Tour staff has hundreds of bosses, tours, players of the tours, uh, who entrust the occupants of the... Qu- capitalized global home to create business opportunity in the form of golf tournaments. Uh, the amenities of the global home will enable the tour to compete for talent in areas such as finance, legal, media, digital broadcasting, data, technology, and marketing. Since part of the deal to get tax and utility incentives from the county was to add 300 new jobs over the next 10 years. I mean, they just got rid of people. Maybe yeah, if you get rid of enough, you could just hire them all back and say that's your three hundred, and that's why you got your incentives from the county, your tax incentives. But that's admirable if it follows through and it's on the up and up. That's great if it's bringing jobs to the area. Three hundred, you know. Um, they they say it'll be a big recruiting tail or recruiting tool because they I'm got a gym and a for coffee jobs. shop. Yeah, the global home will also be in full view of fans coming to the players for years to come. 
Uh, oh, the old headquarters. <laughs> it's just what what fans need to see. Fans going to <laughs> watch golf tournament need need to see a giant office building. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a like, moat. What? Why? Why? Why do the fans need to see it? It's actually like the complete opposite thing. I would like to see when I go to a golf tournament. You're trying to uh, escape your work life when you go to a yeah, golf the tournament. The TPC in attack. I mean, for God's sakes. Uh, all right. This is by the numbers. Separate graph. We're at oh, the end God. of it. Separate uh, graph. Thirteen water bottle fillers in the building. That's good. ninety-five. 100 100 meeting 100 meeting spots but 13 13 spots to fill up your water bottle uh 95 meeting spaces 150 display screens 750 initial number of employees to be housed housed i mean it's not like they're living there housed is not the word there but 4240 gallons of paint required for the interior why did why is this in this article 10,000 yards of cubic yards of concrete poured, almost 17,000 square feet of solar panels on the roof. That's oh, good. That is good. That's good. And then, yeah, 187,000 square feet and 65 million construction. That's your new global home of the PGA Tour. And those, uh, I don't know, it was news. I, I thought we were having a little fun with it, tongue in cheek, lighthearted. Maybe some of it not as lighthearted, but. I appreciate that they're moving into it's an odd time to be moving into a giant business uh, office building, but uh, it does sound like, you know, having a bunch of offices in a strip mall, there was some need for uh, new space. All right. Any other news? No, I don't think so. I got players will be allowing 20% fans, which we can talk about later. Uh, oh, uh, Kimmy Johnson, Kimmy Johnson oh, gets yeah. the Honda exemption, which is good. Well, I kind of kind of knew that was not new, but had a strong inclination that would happen. Somebody would step up and uh, give him another chance, given the shitty break he got testing positive. Greg Norman selling his house is is where he walked down the walked down the driveway and drop his letter off to Tiger. Yeah. No, is that your news contribution? Yeah, the news 60, 60 million bucks. Sixty million. Yeah. Global home is just five more. I wonder if he's trying to upgrade. Would to you the rather have home. the global home or Greg Norman's Norman. house? I don't know. Um, all right. Yeah. So good on the, the Honda for, uh, you know, immediately kind of stepping up with that exemption. All right. That's it. That does it for this Friday. Enjoy the golf. Great golf. Buy your Westie blend for the uh, coffee golf on the Euro tour. Enjoy the weather, uh, you know, the survival, day of survival on Friday and the weekend at Torrey Pines. And we'll be back on Monday.